Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Thank you very much. I'm Ed Larson. This is The Brighter Side, and we're doing a very special crossover episode with our friends over at Lady Parts Justice. They're wonderful people, and you got to highlight the people who go out and do wonders in the world. And they're a female reproductive rights organization that fight through comedy. And joining us is Mr. Alex English. How you doing, buddy? That's right. Intro the man. Hello. That's right. That's right. I'm intro. That's right. Lisa, you know, he's, he, I, I'll intro, I'm doing my show. Yeah, I'm saving you. I'm saving you for last. You, you, you cut me off. I'm trying to make a nice thing here. And you, you, I, Anna Bean, how you doing? Great. Hi. And we got Julie Rosing, the interrupter, my favorite person in the whole wide world. I love you so much, baby. Thank you for letting me come here and, and invade your workspace. Yeah, anytime. My very my very special girlfriend. I don't think you've been on the brighter side, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. oh my God. This is the first one, and we're going to talk about abortion. Yes. <laughs> and joining me always is Miss Mary Kelly. Hello. How are you? Great. Very excited to talk about abortion. Absolutely. Yes. So you guys are always on what on the top of what's going on in the in the field of women's reproductive rights. And so I wanna I wanna know who's who's the hot bad guy? Who's the new bad guy? Who's uh who's the most recent uh shithead? <laughs> I love that Anna's fun- <laughs> looking at me. Oh, Alex because all I do one. is all I do is run around here and talk about how terrible someone is, but then I'm like, I'd fuck them. So when you say hot guy, I'm thinking yeah. like, well, you know, uh, Neil Neil Gorsuch is awful, but I'm like, well, he probably wouldn't be bad to look at. Like, Who was the carpet cleaner today? Carpet cleaner. Uh, oh yeah, he's the guy we should really be talking about. Who's um, the carpet cleaner? Um, Je- what's his name? George Fought. George. George F- Fuck. F- well, Fought. we can call him that. F a f a u g h t. George. Oh. He's from Oklahoma. He's a, he's one of the politicians in Oklahoma, and he's basically he created a bill. Um, I'm trying to make this as, as correct as possible. The bill um, was centered around banning abortion for uh, for like for if your child for for if your child is if it's been detected that your child is going to be born with like a disability or if they're going to have like Down syndrome or something. Yeah. So they want to create. He wants to create. He wanted to create this bill so that the not the not the person getting the abortion, not the women. The I think that's the doctors are are punished, but the one of the, the and this is that's not an unusual bill to come through. It's, it's been a lot of bills that come through legislation. Yeah, you hear like it that. a lot as like the twenty week ban. But what you will normally hear is 
like there's cases uh, for incest and um, and rape that are the exceptions but in this case he left it out and in some sometimes they mistakenly quote unquote will mm-hmm. mistakenly forget to put it in but in this case he was like no, I meant what I said. <laughs> and so, otherwise, how would he be here? Right. Specifically, <laughs> he, he, well, you would think the way he discusses rape and incest, he thinks it's of the will of God. He thinks yeah. it's divine intervention. In yeah. He, he, specifically, and, he yeah, said specifically. Um, rape or incest is like beauty from ashes. Oh, he's a big sister mommy. Rape fan. is a phoenix that rises from the ashes of fire and it's, it's a beautiful bird. That's what rape and incest is. Oh, no. Or it's a, a horrible de- uh, desert jail. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. like, go fuck yourself, dude. It's such a shit-eating grin in the just, photo of him, too. Yeah. yeah. Such an asshole. None of these guys, they all like he's look like out a clay dummy like, like the very red clones of themselves. Like it's just it's just such a weird oh uh, you know like those those um putties like in the in the spirit of uh Power Rangers coming out last weekend. <laughs> Remember those like clay putty guys? I feel oh, like yeah. these are the, those these are the anti abortion, just the putty guys that we gotta keep just we hit them with one hey, Cause you know they gotta m- have that baby lady. Right? No, don't make me <laughs> I don't, don't have care the money. How much it's going yeah. I don't care how many fingers it has. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have the baby. Oh yeah, it's got no eyes. It has let's, no eyes. Let's go ahead and crank it out and see how to fix somebody with no eyes. Loving the face, loving the face, and you get in the Yeah, staring d- directly at Anna. Like, but but it was like the s- glare of the light kind of came stare in. At the person who's most uncomfortable. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all... Um, so, Alex, mm-hmm. we were talking about this on the way over here. Me and Mary brought this up. Uh, you have no stake in this, really, as yeah. a human being. That's the way we put it. No skin in the gate. None. <laughs> I have no skin, no teeth, no fingernails, none of it. And you're but still here Alex fighting. is a gay gentleman for all Absolutely. Well, my voice, I'm pretty sure I gave it away. <laughs> but, no, I... um. I don't, but I do at the same time. You know, it's so crazy because we, before we started doing a podcast, I was telling y'all that I had just watched um, President Obama's, well, yeah, his 2004 Democratic speech yeah. um, for the convention. And I, there's, there's a moment there where he talks about the fact that we all have to look out for each other and there is no person's problem that isn't our problem. And so that kind of falls in line with this whole thing that I've always believed in since I joined um, Lady Park Justice is that I some and it's not just because of this. It's, it, some of my best friends are women. My mother's a woman. My sister's a woman. Like I, there are women in my life, and there are also women who aren't in my life. But yeah. it'd be irresponsible of me as a as a human being, not just putting take. Let's take gender out of it, and yeah. to to put myself in a in a situation where I'm telling another person what to do with their own body. And there's nothing more condescending, and I've have had to say this a couple times to friends of mine on Facebook who are so and are that are men who are so adamantly against it. And I'm like, there is nothing more condescending than someone who doesn't have a uterus telling someone with a uterus what to do with a uterus. Like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really wild to me that you can that you have the the gall 
the unmitigated goal to say something like that. Well, we were discussing that recently a study came out, which I'm sure you guys saw, where uh, the majority of straight men in America feel that yes. uh, women's reproduction rights are uh, really their problem to worry about. So yeah. they don't keep it. But it know. is, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it most certainly is. And I think that's where we get. So I think when we think about, yes, I don't have a stake in the game, per se. It's, it's, it, I literally can't get pregnant. Yeah. But there are so many people. I mean, that's literally, this is we're talking about women of color who get affected by this on the daily. Yeah. Poor people who get affected by it on a daily so it's you know it's this is an issue that transcends transcends one particular person or one particular gender it's about everybody yeah and it's almost like these days that like you were saying the, the port it's a, a class thing where mm-hmm. you know you just can't even a lot of a lot of cases you can't afford to get it it's like abortion yeah. has become a thing for the rich yeah and it's like the one people who don't need it you know and it's <laughs> right. like it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. that's yeah, abortion. Con- I think series. contraception in general. You know, birth yeah. control. People. Condoms are expensive. There was an article Condoms, that had just come out that said that women can't afford to pay over five dollars for birth control. Yeah, that was. I just, mean, I you're talking about you have a low income woman who's like working several jobs, probably just making minimum wage, doesn't really have health insurance, and they're more focused on using their money to feed themselves mm-hmm. and pay their rent. And then on top of that, you're asking them to pay like $50, $60 a month for birth control. And then sex is the one free, fun thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not always free, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking halfway from experience. (laughs) (laughs) It's more fun when it's free. Let's face it. Says who, Eddie? Says who? Now, Anna, you used to work for, uh, before you worked here, you worked for another organization that was uh, similar to this, right? Yeah, well, slightly. I was working at Teachers Unite, so it's organizing public school teachers against the criminalization of students of color, predominantly in schools who are being pushed out, um, criminalized for, you know, for doing regular teenage stuff. Yeah. And uh, what was it? What were they called again? Teachers Unite. Teachers Unite. Yes, yeah, so I was organizing teachers there for, for like five years. Wow. And it was, uh, in, did that have a lot to do with uh, reproductive rights or you try to like keep kids, you know, in condoms or? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think we were, we were trying to envision and build a school system in which there was dignity for all students. And that means the safety to be yourself in whatever way, um, you you want that to look like um, it means access to um, education in, in all forms, including um, sexual and reproductive health education. So we weren't we were specifically focused on like the discipline policies of schools and trying to get mm-hmm. cops out of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always an element. We worked with like a lot of um, gay straight alliances and schools, um, just trying to look at how particular students are like othered in their school and then pushed out for not being sort of the dominant, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, not reflecting the dominant societies. So just to go off topic here, why, why would you want cops out of schools? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh my god! As I mean, a person I mean, that grew I mean, up with co- cops in their school, I can agree that that does that definitely it, it it makes it feel like a prison. I had cops <laughs> in my school growing up, and uh, you know, a couple times they came in handy. Yeah, well, I think it's it's there's there's 
certain communities that are historically have been m- much more policed, mm-hmm. uh, and there's just a different relationship to the cops in my predominantly white middle class school in the suburbs of Boston, yeah. um, who are there to protect. And I think often police in schools and predominantly communities of color um, are not always there to protect. They're there mm-hmm. to protect from, and there's sort of this, yeah, this just real difference in what policing looks like in communities. And so there's been a lot of studies that show that um, because of implicit bias, or you could just call it straight up racism, that like <laughs> yeah. the way. Um, Adults respond to black students doing the same behavior as a white student. It's just a completely different response, and it's a much harsher um, response um, that criminalizes students, that pushes them out of school. So, um, you know, obviously, we want to live in a world where, like, whatever police that there is, um, you know, everyone's treated with dignity. But in in the you know the world that we're living in. Um, that's just not the case. So we were calling for police to be removed from schools. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like uh, the big difference is just the way that they speak about it, too, is there's a difference between kids will be kids, boys will be boys, and, like, oh, these little thugs are running around. And yeah. I feel like that's a really prevalent yeah. thing that you hear from people coming out of schools yeah. in terms of dealing with police officers. Yeah, I think, like, when you... when. Like when we talk about the boys will be boys mantra, if you will. Yeah. They it's it's so interesting because like when I think about how often like a lot of my male peers in high school and in middle school and stuff, we would like roughhouse and like push each other around. You know. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It's never a serious fight. Is there hardly ever a serious fight? Mm-hmm. And I I got to go to school with both races during like I got to be at an all white school and an all black school, so I got to see the difference in how staff. And maybe for depending on what the situation called for, if the police were involved. But when white kids are, when especially white boys are like roughhousing, doing it, they're just like, "Hey, calm down, settle down, yeah. stop it." But then you'll have staff literally trying to forcefully break up a, a two black guys, you know, just really, you know, pushing each other around mm-hmm. and disciplining them as if they were getting into a full blown fist fight. And it, it's the the way you handle children and teenagers at a young age shows them. It, it, it trains them to be defensive. Yeah. So that's why so many people get, you know, confused by why black men or why we might come off so so a certain way. It's because we were kind of trained to be that way, to defend ourselves first. And I feel like the dynamic, going back to abortion rights, is also anchored in that because I feel that for a large swath of the population, even for women, they look at it as, well, abortion is something that people in our community don't do. Yeah. So a lot of people look at this issue and they don't take into account that for a lot of people, abortion, especially lower income people, is a very necessary right and can make such a huge impact into not only a family but a community. Mm -hmm. And the economy. They don't realize how much that issue really affects a bunch of the other issues Mm -hmm. that we go through in this country. Yeah, that's one thing that we talk about a lot is um, the idea of reproductive justice. Mm -hmm. Reproductive justice is different than reproductive rights where uh, women of color, low-income women, they also are in a position where the possibility to have children is is um, hindered. You know, mm-hmm. so um, reproductive justice focuses on women of color, low-income women being able to have the same rights to give birth 
and bring a child into the world in, in, in a positive way mm-hmm. um, and, and that, right in a healthy sense. way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. All that and like, yeah. yeah. Well, on top of that, it's so important because they've done long-term studies, which I'm sure you guys can speak to, that children that are born into households that don't want them tend yeah. to be undernourished, undereducated, and that you can see... Um, Freakonomics had a great argument that after Roe versus Wade passed, crime dropped significantly, and they think it's because children that are not wanted and treated like they're unwanted are not go- are going to turn to whoever will give them parental guidance, and often that can be uh, people that don't have their best interests to heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there there are these things called uh, CPCs, fake these fake clinics. Mm -hmm. For example, um, we're working with a real clinic in Hartford, Connecticut right now, because they're having a a fake clinic that literally is across the sidewalk from them. Like not even... What do these fake clinics do? They lure women in that are going into the real clinics to get abortions. They lure them in with the idea that they'll provide them with assistance as far as um, like getting them a stroller or and diapers (laughs) and like help them with their pregnancy uh, but then what they end up doing is they string them along until they're 24 weeks and then they don't end up providing them with any assistance so then they've reached then they've gone past the legal point of yeah. being able to and they just ditch get them. an abortion and then they just and ditch they them. disguise it they disguise it as a consultation so what they'll say is like so what we actually just wrote something about it um, in our play of the day that we do um, with our with our sister or Lady Park Justice League and what what they do is you can like women, like 40, 30 or 40% of the people that, that go and seek abortions will just go into Google looking for abortion services. And so what yeah. these crisis pregnancy centers will do is they'll insert themselves into that with their SEO, with like their social media and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So that when you look up abortion services, they are one of the first people you see. So these people who are pregnant will go into will look at that first and say, oh, I need to go there for my abortion. So they don't, they end up not getting one at all because of the process that Julie described. How can you tell the difference? Like, just so people would know if they're going to the wrong place. We have a lot of young listeners who probably have never had to go through any of this before. But how can you tell the difference between... I think sometimes it's really difficult to tell the difference. Yeah. And, and often CPCs will, will look try to look like a medical facility, even though they don't provide... Um, medical services. Maybe are you paying for anything? No. no. It's all free? Is, what's the ratio in Connecticut right now? It's oh like, God. there's like 23 CPCs. 26 CPCs just in Connecticut and then just one or maybe two abortion <clears throat> providers. And so if these CPCs are free, who's paying to keep them open? States, literally. States, so yeah. Connecticut's paying to trick women. Well, I don't know what the, I don't know what the case is in Connecticut. Um, mm. They get funding through a bunch of different ways. There, there's one, um, the state of Texas the worst. Uh, has given, I mean, literally the state of Texas <laughs> oh, yeah. taxpayers Abbott's, dollars. Abbott's garbage. They give, million, they give millions of dollars to different yeah. organizations that fund like pro-life legislature and like a lot of like campaigning goes into it. Like, like $1.6 million went to the Heidi Group and yeah. they, they were the ones who were really pushing the fetal burial creation. I think Abbott's in with the uh, the Gravediggers Union or yeah. something. No. <laughs> you, know you would think. You would, you think, would think that like yeah. you would think that hearing, you know, the details of the fetal burial bill that uh, that some back 
backhanded deal was made with, uh, you know, funeral directors, but <laughs> the funeral directors are against it. This is bullshit. They, they spoke out at the hearing. <laughs> what does a uh, coffin for it. a pile of goo look like? <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we actually made one. Remember, we made one. Of, this is the type of shit we do all day. Like we yeah. made a tiny coffin. We made a couple of them for the video that we made. Or, yeah, for those of you who aren't necessarily uh, familiar with Lady Parts Justice and Lady Parts Justice League, we. As Ed mentioned, we use humor to fight against abortion stigma and bring light to shitty things that politicians are doing, especially at the state level. And a while ago, um, Texas was fighting this bill that would require all abortions, miscarriages to uh, be cremated and buried. Um, And there are just obviously so many things wrong with that. But so we paired up with the ACLU and made a Shark Tank parody uh, explaining all of the details of the bill. So and in order to film that, we had to make little Little tiny baby coffins. (laughs) That's kind of fun. That's a nice little art project. It's a great video. (laughs) This is a great place to work if you love crafts. Yeah. (laughs) Sewing, uterus, uteri on on capes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What is the best part of the vagina? <laughs> which one? Which I'm going to opt what's, out of this question. <laughs> Ask the man first. <laughs> Anna? What do you say? The uterus because you can grow a, a baby? <laughs> what's the best part? What's your favorite part? Let me, re- let me rephrase that. Um, well, my, the, my favorite part of my female anatomy, I'll say mm-hmm. that, just in general, is, uh, you know, the... The, um, the taint? Well, <laughs> it came Anna's, out of it came Anna, out of Anna's mouth. Yeah. It was the Anna best part. read my mind. <laughs> the taint is the winner. I never heard taint <laughs> said <laughs> so nicely. Taint misbehaved. Taint misbehaved. I love it. Um, no, you know what? I uh, you know I love pooping. Yeah. The favorite part of my anatomy as a, as a woman, I mean, I guess that's not specifically special to me, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the uterus, the the women, the female form, everything about us is so fucking crazy and magical. It's gorgeous too. My I, I my butthole specifically is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, I'm talking about all. Of them. I feel like there's a very personal I'll conversation taking place right now. You know, you know what? Right, you know what now Eddie's just getting boyfriend points. Yeah. <laughs> I got. It. I there'll, be a talk, there'll be a talk about this tonight on the couch. <laughs> I cooked dinner last night. It's yeah, fun. It's very good. Um, <laughs> there is this video that is like an x-ray of, and I'm sure it's just, you know, like um, some sort of animation, I guess, uh, that just shows as a baby grows inside of a woman, like what the how the rest of her body moves and like her spine expands and her bladder basically pushes up into her chest and I could just watch it on repeat for ever like our bodies are just so you're aliens crazy <laughs> <laughs> What guess, are we going to do with you women? <laughs> I got to say my favorite part is, you ever see that image where they show that uh, female anatomy lines up perfectly with the satanic uh, head oh, of bathomet? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. It also the uterus with comes in many forms. Diamond. That's what we'll go yeah. over there. Yeah. It's so funny. The uterus, I guess I have to just go ahead and make that. You know, I own so... Ever since I wear... I've never owned this much uterus clothing <laughs> in my life. I don't think I've ever owned any, actually. And mm-hmm. so, one day, I was... 
I left one of my t-shirts in the uh, in the living room on the couch, and I left. And so my roommate says, "Hey guys, I'm cleaning up. Whose uterus t-shirt is this? <laughs> and should I put it? Should I put it in whose room? Should I put it in because I cleaned up the living room? So I had to just pretty much put like the brown hand symbol. Like, Guilty. <laughs> I left the uterus t-shirt on the couch. Well, it's good they knew what it was. <laughs> right. Very true. What, is, what this head of bath made on the couch what's going on <laughs> same thing same thing yeah well so uh how did you guys i mean i it's so interesting because i don't think there's many organizations like you guys out there as far as uh just political organizations in general i so i know liz winstead is the uh leader and founder i mean like how did this how was it came do you know how it started how, how it came to oh man the story the story, the story. <laughs> so liz uh I feel like I could recite it. We all uh, could. I've heard her say it. All right, one, two. There I was. I'm not even going to So she she had gone to back home to Minnesota um, to write her book, and on the way back, uh, she had I, I forget exactly how. Maybe I'm, I am forgetting the specifics, but regardless, she ended up. Uh, driving cross country back from Minnesota and doing um, benefit shows at Planned Parenthoods across the country. She has, to this day, I think, done like 90 plus benefit shows for Planned Parenthoods. But she just realized that there was this need for attention at clinics and mm-hmm. specifically to raise awareness for these trap laws that were starting to happen. And trap laws are targeted regulation against provort- abortion providers. Um, they're things like you know that the 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 hallways must be the size of um you know ambulatory am, ambulatory surgical centers and mm-hmm. stuff like that that's it like totally ir- like totally not irrational irrational mm-hmm. for what's needed to actually And there's a lot of that going on. I mean, you got uh p- the doctors are told to basically lie to the women, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, that just happened in Texas. And what was the what was the when it comes to the story of like there's Liz went to a. She went to well, who was it? Um, in Michigan, the one because she was my state representative. The woman, Lisa um, Brown. Lisa, oh, Lisa Brown. Brown. And so there was a moment during a discussion that was taking place, and the word vagina was said, and another a man. Lisa, yeah, Lisa Brown was <clears throat> on the floor of the state house yes. arguing against the transvaginal ultrasound bill, mm-hmm. which transvaginal. Mm-hmm. ultrasound bill so she was obviously using the word vagina and the there was a another speaker, speaker, another who, speaker who told her to stop using the word vagina and she was like what other words should i use and he told her to use the word lady parts <laughs> um, and so liz of course liz yeah, in true um, liz winstead fashion the light bulb was like ding <laughs> yeah. so that's why that's where lady parts justice came from mm-hmm. and i think liz saw on that same trip or maybe it was throughout her you know time doing all these um fundraisers that it was independent abortion providers and specifically who were the most isolated and so um you know with all of the love that we give to Planned Parenthood I think she saw like oh my gosh these independent providers who provide more than half of all the abortions in the country mm-hmm. are not getting really any love at all they're saying oh my gosh no one comes here you know because yeah. uh, you hear abortion you think Planned Parenthood and um, so that's a whole other piece of, of, of the work. We forget how 
saying, oh, well, Planned Parenthood, only 3% of what they do is for abortion. We forget how, like, stigmatizing that is. Like, for the people who have sought abortion care or who have had abortions, uh, they, I mean, that that abortion probably saved their life or (laughs) changed their life in a very positive way. So to, like, to shame the idea of, like, well, it's only 3% of what we do, you know, there are some clinics, it's 100% of what they do, and and they need support. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking on the drive over here, the fact you guys use humor, I think, is really great because the idea of bringing abortion kind of out of the closet in a way like this isn't something we don't talk about it's a part of life for over the option is there for over half of the population in the united states um we have a lot of young listeners and i didn't learn until a year ago that there were multiple types of abortion so do you could you go into that a little bit uh for our listeners in terms yeah, of totally. like, because so, I didn't even know that the pill existed. Until. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's um, there's a medication abortion that's mm-hmm. available for you know first term, or early uh, pregnancy, and it's you go to the clinic, you take one pill, you go home, and then you take another pill, and then you know everyone's symptoms are varying, but uh, it's like a heavy per- heavy period cramps. You it's can be new. nauseous. It's, new. it's fairly new, isn't and it? It's a, yeah, it's a fairly new thing. This isn't the Plan B pill. This is a different... So don't feel bad if you plan didn't know B, about it. <laughs> plan B, just to plug, our most recent video is mm. called Just a Pill, and it's in the... the it's an ode to like schoolhouse rock, you know, just a bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we rewrote the song and it's called just a pill, okay. and it's all about how Plan B actually works because there's a lot of misconceptions. Some people, you know, there are some politicians that try and say that it's it's an abortion, but in reality, the way the pill works is that it, it blocks ovulation from even happening. So like, you can't get pregnant if there's no egg. There's no egg. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can't have an abortion if there's no pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> this is but no, yeah. So then there's there's medication abortion, and then there are DNEs and surgical abortions that um, uh, are a lot different depending on whatever stage you're in. But mm-hmm. you go in, you make your your appointment, you have you know some counseling, state mandated counseling now, and and then you'll go back and the procedure is fairly very quick, mm-hmm. and recovery is very quick, and it's the safest. You know, it's safer than a colonoscopy. So, mm-hmm. when does it become illegal for you to have an abortion? At what week? Depends. It varies from state, state to state. Yeah, there are some states who even who have even attempted to ban it at six weeks, and a lot of women six don't even weeks? know that they're pregnant at six weeks in some yeah. cases. Women are still drinking at six weeks <laughs> most of the time. Still not coming back. <laughs> me and you, were, and me and you yeah. were the only ones who really found that one to really slide. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The big push, no, well, like viability. Twenty, 20 has weeks is usually been. the popular one that people try to go for. But and even that is so. But even that is very early. So early yeah. and. You know, we hear clinics just saying that would be, I mean, that's when you start hearing about fetal abnormalities and that's when, you know, most abortions happen way before then. So we're not talking about someone just willy nilly being like, for my abortion at 20 weeks, like that's a serious moment um, for for a family to be going through or a person to be going through. So, um, but we see in Ohio, for example, they tried to pass a six week ban, mm. they sort of compromised with the 20-week ban. And so you're seeing this sort of um, bait, and probably, switch. bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, because they wanted the 20-week ban, but they were just like, ah, you know, six. Yeah. You know, so they, they meet him in the middle of so, 20. Right, so now but 20 like, doesn't seem that bad. You exactly, know I mean? like, oh, but okay, when it should be, time. 26, no. right? Isn't that where, it, what's the most? Well, viability, viability. Is, is pretty much the question. Mm-hmm. It's like the second a fetus can survive outside of the mother is when they say viability exists. 
and with science uh they're they're pushing to have that number made to be like closer to 20 week mark i think now it's like 23 24 and that's like when the lungs develop and whatever but the reason what they promote the six week ban around is because at that point uh the tissue that is developing gives off a uh i don't know how to put this like a the impression of a heartbeat yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The tissue might, you might detect a heartbeat. Does a heart exist? No. When do you no get heart. fingers? You I think that'd be a good fingers indicator. Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if it's the middle finger saying, fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> I see a finger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sucks because, like, you have these protesters that stand outside of clinics with these big signs that look like full-born babies blown up and all bloody. Yeah, chopped to pieces. And it's like, that is not what exists. That's the thing. In reality. Anytime you see, like, anti-choice propaganda and all this stuff, they always use, it's always the same precious baby sitting in a bassinet, like, you know, with the thing over here. I'm like... What do you you're you're trying to stab at the for you know no no you know no no pun intended but yeah. you're trying to stab at the at the, tug, the, the pull at the heartstrings of somebody like oh they're killing they're killing that they're they're killing a baby like that's different that's different than what's going on gestation in that period is different than a full born newborn that's a that's different it's not a human living thing and it's just all it's so weird to get into that debate with people because mm-hmm. you you start to see how how people think about how life starts yeah. and nobody had, and it's usually all of these baseless unscientific facts like you have scientists and actual people people who work with women and work work with the uterus every day and they're like birth control is absolutely absolutely fine abortion is safe what are you guys doing like nothing and no and they always try to like shame with the idea of you know, you're going to regret it. You're going to go through so much stress. Meanwhile, you can look at any poll and most women are like, yeah, I'm very glad I had that abortion. Yeah, statistically, the majority of women do not regret it. Yeah, they're like, I moved on with my dad, got Starbucks afterwards. It was fine. Yeah. The feeling is relief. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times, point. we were talking about earlier, it comes with this class thing, you know, where you don't, you know, it's let's face it. I mean, when a poor person gets pregnant, they might not know who the father is. You know, the father's gone, and then they don't have insurance, so they could die during pregnancy, and then there's just a baby. You know, and it's just like, that baby shouldn't have been born, you know? And so it's just, you need to, there has to be some kind of, you know, human decision. And on top of that, it seems like a lot of the people that get interviewed for this, they go on to have children later in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing with abortion rights, I'm sure, that you guys go over often, is the idea that the majority of women who get one, they get it because they're not currently in an economic situation to have that child. And it's unfair to force them to do that when they could have a much better life as a mother a little bit later along. Yeah, I think the number is, it's either 65 or 70% of women that seek abortions are already mothers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're telling someone who already knows what it takes to be a mother that she doesn't know what it, like, that she doesn't have a concept of what another child would do to her. It's literally literally putting the planning in family planning. Like, that's, I'm planning to become a parent this way or I'm planning to add to my family that yeah. way like yeah. you're taking that out of the case you know you, you can't claim to be um, a person or, or, or that advocates or a group that advocates for the planning of families if you don't include the very thing that encapsulates that yeah. <laughs> so not only are these ever changing laws that you never really know what's going on they're expensive and they're hard to find 
Mm-hmm. And they got the CPCs that are trying to trick people. <laughs> Abortions are like Jordans. They're like Jordan's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always joke, it's like a passport. Like, you never know how hard it is to get your passport until you need it's to get a passport. <laughs> yeah. Like, last minute. But, like, it's, it's uh, going to how hard it is to find, a, to find a, a decent doctor. I mean, there's certain states like Missouri that only have one clinic, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's a giant state. And there's a, and that's not the only state that's like that. Alabama, mm-hmm. I think Kentucky's down to yeah, down to Kentucky's one. Down Kentucky's to one. down to one. Louisiana is it New Orleans that has just New Orleans one? has three. Has three? Louisiana has three. But they had a recent amount of closing, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what that's what will happen. Like, yeah, the trap laws will just move it down to to just one. So when Trump says things like, "Oh, we're gonna leave abortion, the decision of abortion, up to the states," it's like, well, number one, how pro-choice, how pro-life are you? If you're saying that, that means you want to give people whatever opportunity they feel yeah. like is necessary. But what's also the case is he's totally ignoring or very ignorant to the fact I'm gonna assume the latter that. There are some states that just generally don't have an abortion provider nearby or any city or counties, for that matter, that don't have one. So you're leaving it up to the states to govern one clinic that's pretty much on the verge of being closed itself. And you're passing, trying to pass a health care bill that would prevent <laughs> millions of people from accessing birth control. Exactly. And so, yeah. In the dream world, what would you want? What would put Lady Parts Justice out of business? Right. I mean, start having abortions at hospitals? Well, that's okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. This is what happened mm-hmm. after after Roe v. Wade. There became this need for specific abortion centers. Had that never happened, had it never been so siloed, had it been just something that was a part of general health care that was in hospitals, then I don't think we would be where we are. You know, I, I we th- there are places where you know hosp- the only hospital is religious it's related to some religion catholicism whatever mm-hmm. and so they refer refuse to do uh abortions re- linked to miscarriages so i mean yeah i guess like the the perfect world is that abortion is just a piece of health of it's healthcare <laughs> is healthcare yeah. that like yeah. you know doctors and you know, also, know. people like, just don't realize, and this is me speaking as a man again, who has no stake in, in <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's just like, I, I can't get pregnant. But people also, that's the point. People, particularly men, don't realize how taxing pregnancy is on sometimes men, women just don't want to be pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah. we talk about how amazing your bodies are to be able to do that. And it's like, yeah. You 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 really want to? It's, it's punishing someone with pregnancy essentially when you ban abortion. It's like, oh, you you had sex, shame on you. So you deserve for your body to go through that very isn't that insane crazy like, change. Like, that's crazy. You had sex, you got pregnant. So your consequence is <clears throat> raising a child. Yeah, that's crazy. And, putting, and like literally, when women get pregnant, I was reading that like like their heart their heart rate increases like mm-hmm. by double or triple the amount. Their blood like, like things change, and like you're forcing that on a, on a person. What? Well, I feel like the whole thing is kind of part of, like, the the idea of othering women as a gender. Mm-hmm. That for a lot of people, that women are, from their perspective, the idea of, like, access to safe birth control and uh, easily accessible and affordable birth control and access to abortion is that they seem to, if you think of women as not really people, in a way, 
then it's like, well, why should I care? If and they, you start saying things like rape and incest should yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what comes across with so many of these things with uh, the Republican Party in particular is that when they say these things about rape and incest, it's just like a total lack of empathy because you don't really look at women as people engaged in a human experience. Lord knows they could try and work that hard and stopping rape and incest instead of, you know, Hello. stopping, you know, Hello. abortion. Yeah. <laughs> I've, um, to go back to the perfect world scenarios to build off what Julie's saying, I think, and, and also what we were talking about at the beginning with reproductive justice, like the, the most helpful thing for me when I was learning about this issue is the idea of, of like that there's no choice without access. And so we want to create a world in which abortion is another piece of health care, knowing that condoms don't always work. And so yeah. like, there's just going to be times when that's a necessary thing to happen, but that all kinds of reproductive choices should be accessible to all people. And so if that's adoption, if that's parenting, if it's birth control, if it's abortion, like all of, all of those things are accessible to everyone. And that's sort of the framework from, sister song and like reproductive rights reproductive justice organizations is that like it's not just about like pro-choice or pro-life it's like where's the access for all people to to have the choice and so a crisis pregnancy center not giving even the information to people is to women in particular is so is so fucked because they're like they're they're removing uh, just basic information from the equation, so you don't even know your options, and it's just yeah, diminishing women to such a degree. And that's why education is just so important, like sex education, yeah. and just more outside of sex education. I think more education on what your options are for yeah. real, and like the full spectrum of what's available to you, because the the ability for a woman, like we were talking about the crisis pregnancy centers, that's just how they manipulate people's um, ignorance in a way that they don't really, they, they're not able to see the forest for the trees or the snakes in the grass where it's like, oh, I am you know, I'm looking at some, I'm looking for an abortion and they go to the first thing that they see. So yeah. these people, the people who prey on these pro-life, you know, creeps that prey on people's blissful ignorance, they really just want to get something quick and, and get it done because they're, they're afraid and they're scared. They're really tapping into their psyche and that's that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, they will go to those links. Yeah, or maybe they to prove do want to, like, have options counseling. And what's Like, abortion clinics do comprehensive options counseling. You're not just going there. Like, you're going to talk through all of the options. A crisis pregnancy center is not even, um, you know, acknowledging your d ability to make yeah. a decision as an autonomous mm -hmm. human being. Like, sometimes people do will go to an abortion clinic and decide, okay, you know what? I've learned about all my options. I think I might want to keep Yeah. It. And like, that's what being pro-choice is about. Yeah. It's not just... People think pro, the pro-choice movement is just us. Yeah, I, I want you to be able to get an abortion, but I want you to be able to make the decision yeah. to get one. If you want one... I, I had a very interesting moment with this um, black woman when we did um, one a table at one of these events in Brooklyn. We were outside, and she really... You know, I started talking to her about the cause, and then she just got into her... You know, she got into full black woman mode it was like you know margaret sanger this and planned parenthood that and all and we and getting into the history and all of that stuff and i finally that's when i kind of had my moment in lbj because i was like i really didn't think i knew as much as i did or yeah. what, what my what my position was on the issue i knew i was pro-choice but i'm like what what am i what are my feelings are and i was like oh here's what i'm gonna stop you lady i i understand that you have your feelings about whatever the history of abortion is when it comes to our people, but I'm just fighting for you to be able to have the right to 
to it. So if you feel like it's some form of of black genocide or if you've had your you have your reasons to have your suspicions also based on history I get it yeah. all I'm here to do is just to be like if you need an abortion <laughs> yeah I just want you to be able to walk into one without having some freak with a sign in your face cussing saying crazy shit at you like you guys are, that's all yeah. I want. you guys are really just being way too rational <laughs> for <Right>? this <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly you have to be a, 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 yeah. a a ridiculous human being. You just have to be one. There, there, there are definitely some people yeah, that you that. interact with that you're like, oh, you're just crazy. You're just crazy. And I'm never going <laughs> to get you to the see anyone ones, as a human being. Yeah, the crazy ones are the loudest. Do you think there's yeah, a, a hint? Do you think they're all crazy or do you think there's actually like a hint of evil in some of them? Well, I think <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a misogyny, but there's a level of uh, a misunderstanding of what religious freedom is, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's people who really do feel like it is murder. It goes against their religion. And uh, those are the people that you're never going to convince, Mm-mm. you those know, because the they think blinded by they're blinded by it. They don't see that someone who maybe doesn't share their religion doesn't have those beliefs yeah. and is just, you know trying to access healthcare. Meanwhile, how many people have been murdered in the name of Jesus Christ? Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> but it is, and, and, and you know, there is like a some hypocrisy to that too because it's like these people who are, are out there in the name of their religion are shaming and judging people that... You aren't know even what I mean? part of your religion. Aren't even part of their religion. So it's like, you're sinning as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, who's got the time? They have so much time. It's so crazy. And that's that's the crazy part. Like you know, we're getting I ready to go on this sometimes. tour. <laughs> like, right. I'm like a big fat man. I'm getting like, 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 getting ready to go on this tour, and we're you know you see the videos of the protesters, and I'm I'm thinking like these 40 days for life people and this march for life and all these people who spend their time solely on that, and I'm like. You could be doing anything else. Anything. You could you could really be putting all that energy into something yeah. positive. I don't I don't imagine that you would try Go to be find a greener at Walmart. It's yeah, a, you know. <laughs> it's really incredible seeing that in New York City because outside of where um, the Cape Comedy Radio records, we had a very large uh, pro life billboard. There was a sign down the street. That's yeah. right. And um, it's kind of amazing seeing that in New York because it's like I can't imagine caring that much about other people because I. It takes me so much energy to care about people who, like, live with me, my roommates. Right. Like, I can't imagine caring about hypothetical women having hypothetical abortions in a city of a couple million people. Because, you know, New York is one of them places, like, a woman will be on the subway, on the platform, telling you, oh, I'm getting ready to go to a clinic. And I'm like, okay, good for you. You can get out the way. I'm trying to get on the train. Like, I don't care. Like, great. There's too many people here. There's too many people here to care about what's going on in your uterus, ma'am. Whatever. Sometimes when the trains are packed, you know, when you got that thing where everyone's back to back, I'm like, there should be more abortions in this country. I think Too I just many. came up with an Nothing idea. Nothing makes you more poor toast than living in New York. <laughs> you should take all the deadbeat dads who go to jail for not paying their child support and make them like block protesters at abortion clubs. Oh, God. As their community build, service. Build a wall. Build a wall. That's right. I like that as an idea, Eddie. We, we, should, we, should, we should consult with Liz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, like, forget picking up garbage. Right. <laughs> That's why people just are just walk it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
guys, it has been really cool. Thank you so much for letting us come to your uh, to your headquarters Thank here. Thank you for coming. The HQ, man. I love it. So we're on the fourth floor. Lady Parts Justice, one of the coolest organizations in this country. They're going on tour this summer. Yes. You're gonna, they're going to be all over. Uh, where are you guys going? Do you know? Throughout the Midwest. We start in Atlanta, Georgia. Are we saying the name up. of the tour? I've been has telling it, a lot of people. Have we have so. like been publicly with saying that? It, it like, would, by the time this by the time comes this is, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Would you like to know the name? I would yes. love to can know the name. Can we say it in unison? Yeah, The Vagical Mystery Ooh, I love puns. I did my quick little... You guys should all wear those like Beatles suits and shit. Oh, we have, we have, we have clothing coming. Don't worry, it's in the works. Magical mystery core, we're coming to take your baby away. I think I think I think Ed is trying to put his bid in for like the official official commercial spokesperson. So few people are the Eggman and the Walrus. <laughs> oh man! So you know, it's not a baby; it's just a bunch of goo goo kachoo. <laughs> <laughs> you have me so invested in this as a marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you can find uh, Alex. Where can people find your comedy? Because you're also a very successful, wonderful stand-up comedian. Thank you. Eddie. You're. Uh, where, where can people see you perform? Do you run a show or? I run a show. Um, it's a monthly show. It's called Cool Comedy Show at the Standing Room. Um, I also you, any other show I'm doing. I'm. Um, Alex the English Comedy. That's the easiest way to find me. Yeah, and you can find him. You're pretty much doing shows every night in the city. Oh, I'm, and you I'm can, exhausted. Yeah, he's a, tired, he's a tired little boy, so go make him feel good for being that way. Anna Bean, thank you so much for joining. Do you have a Twitter or something like that? I sure don't. You sure don't? What do you do? But... For Lady Parts Justice, Lady P Justice. Absolutely, yes. and you could donate to Lady Parts Justice yes. on on the site. So please, if you feel passionate about this, donate to them and yes. the beautiful, the perfect, <laughs> the tr- transcendent <laughs> Julie Rosen. I was I love very you curious how you were going to say that. I was curious as well. <laughs> <laughs> I always, you always love a good, you always love a good compliment with a question mark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but you you can see Julie Julie you uh, you have a wonderful sketch group yeah Buzz Off Lucille we have a we're doing a show on this coming Thursday I don't know when this will come out but yeah. uh, at Dean Street um, but yeah you can check me out at Midwest New Yorker and uh, on Facebook as my name Julie Rosing please <laughs> stalk me I love it absolutely and I'm Ed Larson at Ed iTunes underscore and Mary MJ Bulge on, on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram guys thank you so much thank you, thank you. you guys. Oh, listen to the Lady Parts Justice podcast oh yeah, oh, yeah. Repro, Repro Madness, Madness. Repro right. Madness yes. check us out every week thank you so much for letting us come down here and use your equipment yeah. Uh, yeah, keep fighting the good fight you're really helping out, uh, helping out this country you guys are the best bye, bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. 
Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.